0: Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. The Astrology Hour is produced by Leo Scorpio Productions. And now, Astrological Metaphysical Radio on KFOX. Well, and a, a once again, a happy day to you, whoever you may be, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Astrology Hour. Uh, today's topic is <laughs> <laughs> my lunar return. No. We're having. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the moon today because I do feel that understanding the lunar transits are so very important because the moon is very important because it is the closest celestial body to the planet earth okay number one number two the moon also serves as a trigger okay for events that happen in our lives and number three we do find that we do go through an emotional cycle every month now i'm going to teach you today how to follow your own moon okay So you can try to figure out what kind of emotional cycle you're in for any given day. So obviously, if you are getting into astrology or even if you are a student of astrology, this is definitely a superior topic to get into because if you don't understand the transit of the moon, then you're not going to understand anything in astrology. And because the moon is at 17, Scorpio, today during the show, babies being born right now as we speak are Leos with Scorpio moons, just like me. And babies being born at this moment are Leos with Scorpio moons close to 17 degrees, which is where my moon is. But anyway, hey, how y'all doing out there? I really encourage your phone calls today because I think that my most special listeners, for some reason, are going to be talking to me on today's show because they're sitting there going, we know you're having a lunar return, we know you're sensitive and vulnerable, Farley, so today's the day we're going to decide to give you a little call at the Astrology Hour. So I'm aware that my most powerful listeners, my most highly evolved listeners, the most incredible, intense, just the star beings of the universe will be the ones that will call me today, right? Don't you agree? Yeah. The moon is a handy item to be aware of when you're analyzing anything astrologically. A lot of people into astrology actually feel that next to the rising sign that the moon really has the biggest impact in the natal chart and that people actually will portray their moon sign more than anything. When I want to get to know people, when I want to get to understand people, when I want to try to get a reflection, a true reflection on where a person is coming from or where he's at, I always remember their moon sign. My dad's Pisces moon, mom's a Gemini moon, my sister's a Scorpio moon, Roger's a Sag moon, Bruce is a Leo moon. It's just like, you need to know people around you by their moon signs, not only to respect their emotional natures, but also understanding that when the moon does reach their sign, that this would be the day where they would be the most sensitive and the most vulnerable. That phenomenon is called a lunar return. It happens every 28 to 30 days. Of course, knowing when you're having a lunar return is absolutely critical to plan out the emotional focus for the month. During a lunar return, which is what I am having right now, You want to have the most peaceful, calm, relaxing, meditative, spiritual, loving, romantic, nurturing effect in your life during that point, because it literally does set up the 28-day lunar cycle that is about to follow. Now, the moon rules everything of a watery nature, the tides, the rhythms of the body, as well as the oceans. I do feel the moon rules the human body, because, of course, we are made majority up of water just like the moon affects the tides of the oceans because we are watery beings, majority water that the moon definitely affects our vibration also. Moon represents personality, subconscious, or subjective mind, our intuitive behavior. It's associated with intuition, instinct, habits, memory, imagination, receptivity, impressionability, the desire for fresh experiences, feminine side to our personalities, maternity, also, fecundity, disposition, feelings, moods, sensitivity, sensation, and sympathy. And of course, the moon does its best in the nurturing sign of Cancer, which is where it rules. And it doesn't do so well. It's in detriment in the opposite sign to Cancer, unemotional or cold Capricorn, which a lot of times Capricorn moons are so focused on their needs, on their material needs, or on their ambition, or on their career that they sometimes their relationships and their romantic needs are second nature or are not nearly as necessary. And also, the moon is extremely powerful in Taurus. It is said to be exalted in Taurus. People who are said to have Taurus moons are said to be the strongest people emotionally, which is a fun comment. And then, of course, the moon is its very weakest and emotionally problematic, almost extremist, or love-hate, in Scorpio, which which for some unknown reason is my moon. And I think a lot of Scorpio moon people get into the occult and get into astrology and metaphysics because they want to try to understand their extremist nature. They want to understand this love-hate vibration, why they play favorites or they play negatives, uh, one or the other. They'll either love you more than anybody or hate you more than anybody, And why they can turn on you, why it's difficult for Scorpio moons to hang on to relationships Because of this reason, Scorpio moon people potentially being the most sensitive, the most passionate of all 12 moons, being taken advantage of sexually sometimes, also being rejected because others can't handle their extremism, the love, the hate. Also, Scorpio moons holding things in and exploding with rage if pushed to the end. A lot of times there is a Kundalini release of this emotional vibration that lies within the Scorpio moon. So a lot of things in life can be understood and resolved, captured and embraced, or evolved through by understanding the moon. I mean, if nothing else, what you need to do in your life, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but if you want to enjoy life more, have more fun, take the edge off, and get into a position where you feel you are free and you are in total control, don't you think it would be wise for you to understand the emotional nature of everyone you know. Like here at the station. I'll give you an example. Working at the station, some of our hosts on the air have Leo moons. (laughs) I'm not going to mention any names. And understanding that and respecting that helps you understand a person's power and ego. When people have water moons, sometimes you have to respect their emotions a little bit more because you know they'll be more sensitive, more vulnerable, and more prone to an emotional reaction. Like the general manager here at K Fox, he's a Libra with a Sagittarius moon. Just understanding, like in your career environment, knowing the moons of the people you work with does a lot to help you figure out what's going on inside of them. If the moon is in their sign for that particular time, knowing that they are vulnerable on that day, you know, when the moon goes into Pisces, Jim and Marilyn are having their lunar return, so I give them their space. Moons and Sagittarius, I give Tom his space. Moon goes into Virgo, Mark gets his space, Moon goes into Scorpio, they leave me alone. So (laughs) I come and go, hey everybody, I'm having a, a lunar return. Now also, like my parents, I used to have so many problems when I was younger dealing with the complicated set of emotions that my parents offered. Mom with a Gemini moon, Dad with a Pisces moon. Obviously, Dad's Sag rising Pisces moon. When he gets upset, the Sag rising, very explosive, very fiery, very expressive, it channels that Piscean energy And it comes out very loud, very emotional. And until I became an astrology type person, I didn't know this. So I took offense to his emotions. Now, mom is a big talker, right? She's a Gemini moon. She needs to sit down and be psychological about life. So having a Gemini moon as a mother is like having an in-house therapist. You don't you don't have to go to a psychologist when your mom's a Gemini moon because she'll always come and say, let's talk about this. Let's sit down and discuss this, right? And then, you know, being raised with my sister who also has a Scorpio moon like me. Unlike me, see, I have four squares on my Scorpio moon at seventeen, but my sister, she has a bunch of trines. She's got Jupiter trine her moon. So emotionally, even though we both have the moon and fallen Scorpio, she's much more well balanced than I because she has the trine support where I have the square support. And so I have learned some of the positive ways to channel my emotions, Scorpio wise, from my sister. And then you know, let's talk about relationships here. Like like holy cow here, you know I you really do help manage your relationships 150 billion percent better when you know what you're dealing with emotionally in the moon. If you don't know what your moon is, well, you should have got your chart done. But see, the reason why it's important to chart people around you is to find out where the rest of their planets and their sun and moon is. And that way you can try to help figure out their complicated emotional natures. I was dating, gosh, and some of the most important relationships I've had, one of the ladies was a Virgo moon. And she was a hardworking lady and very practical, very ethical. When she loved you, she served you. And that was fun, of course. I also was very much in love with a Pisces moon, who was just as sensitive and vulnerable as me. And when you have two water moons in relationships, that makes for good love, good romance, right? Because water complements water. If you're a fire moon, like a Leo Aries or a Sag moon, then obviously that's the kind of moon you're going to want to complement or actually to cooperate more with you in relationships and love vibrations. If you're an earth moon, like Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, then you're going to also want another earth moon to get along with better, somebody to work side by side and love side by side with you. If you're an air moon, you're going to need that communication, that psychological effect. The Libra, the Aquarius, and the Gemini moon also get along best. And I already mentioned the water moons, Pisces, Scorpio, and Cancers. They also get along the best. See, there's, there's some moon signs you won't get along with at all, or you might even have a problem with, like Aries moons, typically, there's a 50-50 chance they can get along with their opposites, the Libra moons. But there's almost no way they can get along with Cancer or Capricorn moons because Aries moon squares Cancer and Capricorn, and they both have bad days at the same time of the month. Because whenever there's a cardinal moon transit, then your cardinal moons, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn are getting squared and opposed, and that's when people freak out and get upset. See, if you want to know when people get upset, they get upset more when they're having lunar returns when they're having any transit to their moon that's a square or sometimes a conjunction or sometimes an opposition, meaning that there's other planets in the sky, at stress to them, right? Or when the moon itself is in square or opposition to your moon. So obviously under cardinal transits, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn moons are going to have their hardest time. Right now it's a fixed moon. It's a Scorpio moon. So the fixed moons are under more stress right now, today, and uh, that would be Leo moon, Aquarius moon, Taurus, and Scorpio moon. And Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, and Aquarius moon typically will have a difficult time getting along and being compatible because of the moon squares. See, there is hope. There's definitely hope in the world. My parents have been married close to 50 years, and mom has a Gemini moon, dad has a Pisces moon, and they are square each other. So there are situations, definitely, where even in relationships, you'll get a moon square moon between two people, and they'll still get along because their Venus is trying Mars and because they have... Good aspects to both their Venus and Mars, so they are shown a happy marriage, but there's an emotional challenge. And if you ever go to my mom and dad's house, sometimes you'll find them very happy or sometimes in a fight. Dad says he's only had one fight with mom, it's lasted 50 years. <laughs> and I can see from the Gemini and from the Pisces moon, that's why. You know, this is a valuable topic. This is a valid topic. This is a critical topic in understanding and proving astrology works. If you just use this simple formula to understand where your moon is and where the moons are, from other people you know, right, to see how they blend with yours, if at all, and also to see where the moon is on a given day. That's why every day at 12 noon, you'll notice I'll say, the moon's in Scorpio at 16 degrees, or the moon's in Virgo at 2 degrees, because you'll know. I tell you when the moon is going where, why it's there, and what's going on. And this is, you know, this is important to help understand astrology. And too many people listen to the show, are into astrology, and they don't believe in it still. Can you believe that? They think I'm a cute guy, they think the show's cute. But they haven't done the burden of proof test yet. They haven't gotten their charts or they haven't looked further into it. And this stuff works. You know, I am not a dummy guy. I I don't come around here at 12 noon every day to spin my wheels. I do things in my life because I think they're important, they're valid. There's an important energy system that's involved. And I also get involved in work that I think will benefit humanity or that will benefit an individual, that will help people grow. And that's why I focus on astrology because it works and it's important. It's important to help people understand behavioral patterns, personalities. A lot of my friends are psychologists and therapists like my sister. A lot of my professional clients and listeners to the show are therapists. So many of them now incorporate understanding astrology with their therapy work because it's important. And getting the moon down is the number one way for people to validate it. When you finally get your chart done and when you finally find out where your moon is and what it means... And what the aspects to the moon are, then you'll finally understand your emotional patterns for your whole life. It's important to know that when the moon is in Aquarius or Leo or Scorpio, that your Taurus moon is going to be stressed out and you might have a hard day that day. Or it's important to know that when the moon is in Pisces, Sag, or Virgo, that your Gemini moon is going to get stressed out that day. You might have a hard day emotionally. Those days you feel bad, or you're vulnerable, or you're upset, you'd feel a lot better if you knew you're having a moon square. You might keep your head down more. You might say, well, I'm vulnerable. Why should I go on this audition today when the moon's in Scorpio and I can wait till Sunday, go in there when the moon's in Sag trining all my Leo planets and I'm obviously going to be in a better mood, more confident, more optimistic. I use this formula. That's why I'm successful because I know where the moon is and I plan my schedule out according to those vibrations. Like here comes the world famous Virgo moon, right? There. You know you're Virgo moon, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, when I teach people astrology, one of the first things I want to teach them is that moon cycle. And if I could teach you that, then you will be an astrology person, understand your emotions that much better. Get back to work, right? (laughs) Work, work, work. Virgo, Virgo, Virgo. And I love Virgos. I love Virgo suns and Virgo moons. If I put them down, it's because I'm progressed and upset about it. (laughs) But I can't do anything about it. Okay, I am Farley. This is the Astrology Hour, aka Astrological Metaphysical Radio, your correspondence course in Astrology, Metaphysics, and Karma Concepts, the open forum for the new age, here almost five years, K Fox Redondo Beach, ninety-three point five FM. And we're talking about the moon today, lunar transits, lunar effects, one of the most important issues in astrology, one of the most validating issues, because we as water beings are specifically affected by the cycles of the moon. Anyway, it's like in closing for this topic, first of all, know your moon. Know your moon by sign, number one, and by house. House location of the moon is very important. Why? Because house actually affects your emotions too. It matters a lot what sign your moon is in, but first house moons are just like Aries moons. My moon is in Scorpio, and it exists in the first house. So emotionally, I'm a combination of the first house vibration, which is Aries, And the Scorpio vibration from where the moon is, which is Scorpio. So you can specifically understand your personal emotional factors by knowing the sign and the house combination of your moon, right? So my emotions are Scorpio and Aries, which are very fiery, very intense, very aggressive, and what you hear every day on the radio, the Scorpio Aries edition of the astrology hour. Let's say if you had your moon in the second house, it would also pick up a Taurus vibration. If you had your moon in the third house, It would pick up the Gemini vibration. And moon in the fourth house would pick up a Cancer vibration, adding to the combination of what sign your moon was in. Moons in the fifth house is the Leo vibration, hence all the expressiveness and creativity and leadership potential. Moon in the sixth house is the Virgo vibration. So see, you could get someone with a Scorpio moon that would normally be extremely passionate and then throw their moon in the sixth house, which would create a major buffer of morality, scruples, and ethics that would help buffer some of that Scorpio berserk energy, right? See, so it's important, it's absolutely necessary and essential to know what house your moon's in, too. You can find that in your astroscope. It'll usually say moon in house 7 or something like that. The 7th house moon also has a Libra vibration connected to it, extremely relationship-oriented. The 8th house moon has a Scorpio vibration connected to it, so hence the extremist personality, the intense behavior, and the passion that can be added to that moon. The ninth house moon has a Sagittarian emphasis, the 10th house moon has a Capricorn emphasis, the 11th house moon has an Aquarius vibration, and the 12th house moon has a Pisces vibration. So no matter what sign is in, you must also embrace which house your moon is in also, not only sign, but house. That way you can understand your and anyone's emotional factors, which are a 12 times 12 or 144 item file, as far as uh, emotional characteristics that a human being can express. It's more than 144 because you're also dealing with aspects, but typical combinations as far as signs and houses, there's 144 different types of humans emotionally. Isn't that great? I mean, like, that really does help you understand people 100%. My sister, once again, with her little Scorpio moon in Scorpio, she has that moon in the third house. So she's a Scorpio Gemini. That's, That's why she's so communicative at the same time. She is so compassionate and sensitive from the Scorpio. She's very communicative and, and therapeutic and hence the consular from having moon in the third house. I always use my friends, my family, and my parents and people I know as examples for my topics because it's easy to refer to and, and I figure why not just to show you how I use astrology. And also, we do discover that some people are more aspected emotionally as far as being stable goes The more trines and sextals we find to any moons, the more emotional stability we find, the less emotional karma we find, less pain and love also, the more squares and oppositions we have. Unfortunately, we're dealing with a lot more karma, a lot more pain, tremendously increased sensitivity, and the ability to blow things in your life because you take things too personal. Hence, with four squares on my Scorpio moon, my main mantra of my life, which is life is too short, to take personal Farley, so don't take it so personal. People have always made a comment, you're being defensive. It's hard for people to make fun of me when I was younger because I didn't like it. I used to take it too personal and it would create problems. So (laughs) now we know why. Four squares and a Scorpio Aries vibration moon in the first house can create one sad puppy. Isn't that a great topic? That really is a good topic. Let's go to the phones now. Jan's been so nice to hold on for so long. She is a Capricorn... With Aries rising, and do you know where your moon is, Jan? Yes, it's 28 degrees Scorpio in the 8th house. So you have a double Scorpio effect. You have moon in Scorpio and moon in the 8th, so that's real intense. Right, I know. You probably love this topic then.
1: Yes, I did.
0: Very good. Thanks for calling. Sure.
1: I was wondering, Farley, if you could give me a general scan. I feel like a lot of things are about to happen to me.
0: Well, Mars has been in your first house. Mars just went over your ascendant in Aries. And it's going to be floating back and forth for a while in that first house. So we're talking about major rebirth, maybe the biggest one of your whole life. Okay. So it's like totally metamorphosizing, stripping away the old you and totally rebuilding something new. Do you feel that?
2: Yes.
0: Well, we know that Scorpio people are really into rebirth anyway a lot. This is also a long Mars return for you because you have Mars and Aries. It's Grand Trine, Uranus and Leo, and Saturn and Sag. Is something exciting happening in your love life?
2: Uh not
0: yet well something should be soon okay? okay like any minute like maybe in an hour you know like be aware with mars at 11 aries one degree off your mars that you are having a long mars return and unless you're totally distracted in things in your life you are shown a magnetic effect a charismatic effect of course scorpio moons could be paranoid right now with some of these this scare out there in relationships and the extremists we are can keep you away from that you know as As wild as a Scorpio moon can be, their extremist nature can make them major celibate, too. (laughs) Uh Okay, thank you, Jan. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mary is July 22nd, 59, Gemini rising. Where's your moon, Mary?
1: Yeah, it's Aquarius, 26 degrees in the
0: ninth house. Wow, so that makes you like Aquarius moon with a Sagittarian vibration, which is very philosophical, very intellectual, extremely humanitarian, and very much into being Totally mental and expressive about it,
1: yeah, yeah, somewhat you know, I was wondering like since the moon is a ruler of cancer, does the moon in the sign, whatever it is, does it affect cancers a whole lot more, or do they swing with it better
0: what if if a person has a cancer moon, you mean
1: no if if your sun's in cancer, since you know your ruling planet is the moon
0: now, let's see, well, I think cancer's overall are just plain flat, more emotional anyway. Yeah. See, because of the sun. So depending where the moon is, it can create a bizarre combination. (laughs) But we do find that Aquarius moons typically aren't as sensitive as the Cancer vibration can offer, so you might have difficulty with your emotions because of that. Yeah. So you have a moon square Jupiter, too, and Jupiter's in Scorpio, so you also can be very stubborn and extremist in your emotions sometimes, are totally independent, from Moon being in the ninth house there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Can you give me, like, this idea of what might be coming up? Yeah.
0: Well, a couple things that I notice is that you are having this long transit of Saturn and Uranus still trying your Mars. Are you involved in a relationship now? No. Wow, that's too bad because with these aspects, you should have been. Had you been and did you just break up recently?
1: No, um...
0: Would you make it hard on yourself to get involved? Yeah. Why is that? Are you frightened? Yeah. What are you afraid of?
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: Now, come on. Let's put the finger <laughs> on it now. What are, are you scared of AIDS?
1: Well, getting hurt or hurting somebody.
0: Uh huh. I, mean, I don't know
1: which is worse. Did, did,
0: hurting somebody is hurt worse. I think are, you're afraid of involvement, perhaps, and physical connection, perhaps? Yeah. You're kind of frightened by some of these mores and morals that men are kind of aggressive at this time?
1: Well, they're not too aggressive. I'm kind of hanging out with an old friend, and that's been kind of nice.
0: So you you more like friendships more than romance then?
1: A little bit.
0: This is the best time in your whole life for love. Really? So, you know, your chart is lit for love. If you don't have it, that's your karma. But still, as an astrologer, I feel it's fair to warn you that love and romance and sex is what's in the stars for you if you want that. Okay? Okay. I think there's a part of you that may need to express an occasional fantasy. So (laughs) this is your season, kid, you know. If you want that, go for it, okay?
1: Okay. Okay, hon. lunar return. What? Happy lunar return. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Evan is born January 24th, 1960, and Evan is an Aquarius. Hi, Evan. Yes, hi. Did you want me to tell you where your moon is?
2: Uh, yeah, I've had my chart done twice, and it came up in two different places, so I thought I would trust you.
0: Well, it looks like it's Sagittarius, which would make you one independent, optimistic, confident person, or at least attempt to bounce back to that in case you're down. <laughs> that it, sounds right. You would also love to travel in case you're really having a hard time. Uh-huh. Getting away and traveling would be a major source of, like, therapy for you.
2: Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking about a trip
0: in the next couple of weeks. You might even be very interested in animals and horses, too, and or sports. Uh-huh. Does that sound like you? Sounds like me. Then you're Sag Moon. Okay. All right. So, yeah. What would they tell you you were?
2: Um, actually someone told me I was Capricorn, someone did tell me I was Sag.
0: Well, I don't think there's any way you're Capricorn Moon unless you were born late, late at night, but
2: I was at midnight.
0: Well, it appears it's still Sag, but we'll find out when you get your chart.
2: Okay, great, thanks. Can you give me a scan without a chart or do I need a-
0: Yeah, I can give you a scan. Uh are you hurting for money right now?
2: Uh yeah. I want to travel, I need the money. Did
0: you spend it all on travel already?
2: <laughs> Not yet.
0: Not yet, yeah. Well, Saturn is on your Venus, which can show a money problem. Uh And it's also on your Jupiter, which could show a restriction or inability to break free. It's like being slave or being anchored to situations beyond your control. That's
2: exactly what it feels like.
0: You're also having a Saturn return, so your career is shown to be in flux right now. A big question mark there. Uh, The question is, is there a career? You know, But still, you are shown tremendous spiritual growth at this time. And being in a sabbatical, a spiritual sabbatical, might help you too. Okay. I do see you traveling imminent, so keep the faith; it's coming any day now. Thank you, Farley. Okay, Evan. Bye bye. Bye bye. You know, I forgot to tell people. Besides the fact I am Farley, and besides the fact this is K Fox, Redondo Beach, ninety-three point five FM, where you can hear the Astrology Hour weekdays at twelve noon, that a lunar return lasts about twelve hours. See the moon. The moon takes about two hours to moon one move one degree. If you know what degree your moon is. Like mine, seventeen. It's actually it's four degrees approaching and two passing. So it's about eight to twelve hours as far as when it's exactly on your moon. Like it's at seventeen now. Then you really feel it. It's like. God says, we're plugging you in, Farley, and you go, oh no, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, those are the old days when I used to work for my dad. He'd come in the office, he'd say, Farley, we got a problem. I go, well, I didn't know I had a lunar return. See, now I know when people yell at me that I'm having a lunar return. Okay, yeah, let's go back to the phones and see how we're getting to know everybody who's calling today because we know where their moons are. Fanny the Virgo with Capricorn rising. Fanny, where's your moon?
2: I believe it's Aquarius.
0: Gosh, everybody knows their moons. What radio show can you listen to where people call and they know where their moon is? <laughs> Blows my mind. So you're an Aquarius moon. Does that make you real communicative? And very. And communication, I guess, is important in relationships. Very. Uh huh. What house is your moon in? Do you know? Now
2: that I I'm not sure. I've had this done for so long, and yet that's one, something that just continually
0: escapes me. Yeah, I don't think your moon's Aquarius, though.
2: No kidding.
0: I think it's Capricorn.
2: No, a, a Capricorn. Yes, that's what it, it used to be. <laughs>
0: It used to be Aquarius, then you became an alien overnight, and it cha- or maybe you're Aquarius rising.
2: No, I am, I'm Capricorn. I'm double Capricorn.
0: There you go, so I wonder where all the communication is. Um, we'll figure it out. Well, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I don't know. See, the thing is, it's always been...
0: Oh, you have Uranus and Gemini and Neptune and Libra. That would make a big mental need, but still, what can we do for you?
2: I'm filled with a lot of inertia, and I was hoping that maybe I could get some clues as to... What's going on? You can see that my birthday is arriving very shortly. Are
0: you lethargic right now? Um, yeah. Are you like, uh, <laughs> you don't feel like doing it? You're not motivated, huh? That's right. <clears throat> well, why? Have you had it? Are you fed up? Um, maybe. You think this midlife transit's been getting to you, huh? I think so. What about, do you have someone to love? I do. Well, that helps.
2: That's very nice. I'm wondering, though, if...
0: Is somebody spoiling you?
2: Um... Well, that's see now. What does that mean?
0: Uh, Well, you know, is your security being taken care of? Are your bills being paid?
2: Uh, well, we're putting that together. That's Mm -hmm. a joint venture.
0: Yeah, I think you need to create a challenge because you like to be pampered, and if you are pampered, then sometimes you could kind of wallow or or get high off of it to a point where you might feel like you're stagnating.
2: Uh huh.
0: It's fun, you know. It's a lot of fun to be pampered and nurtured and taken care of, but at the same time, you are someone really not to sit still. Now, you are shown. Wonderful potentials right now for growth in all areas. In other words, you have one of the finer charts I have seen for progress. So it's almost sickening that you feel inert at this point because you could accomplish so much right now. Oh, God. So get off those buns and do something, you know, because you're shown total success in almost anything you attempt right now.
2: I guess what I'm feeling is fear then because I do have a lot of things out there. They're things that I've been really working on for a considerable amount of time.
0: Yeah, well, your values may be a little stubborn. So what you should try to do is kind of compromise your values a little bit and maybe attempt some things you wouldn't ordinarily do because Venus and Leo sometimes can prevent themselves from growing because they get too stuck in certain situations. Good luck, okay?
2: Thank you very much.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Let's go over here to Rob on Line 7, December 21st, 64, Taurus Rising. Rob, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You know where your moon is? Yeah, it's in uh, 9 degrees Leo. Did this topic help you any?
1: Well, I already knew a lot about Leo moons, and I've always been into asking people their moon sign. <laughs>
0: good, so I good. I ask them
1: just their, what's your sign? I say, what's your moon? <laughs> Very good. And then most of them don't know.
0: Cool. But I love your show. It's really great. Thank you for being one of our supporters. You keep us on the air, guy. Sure, no problem. Yeah.
1: I wanted to ask you about my Venus in SAG. Yeah. And I have Taurus, I guess, as my chart ruler. And then I have Scorpio as my house ruler. And I have Venus trying my moon, but square Saturn. And I wonder. What's happening with my girl, Karma?
0: Wow. It's the agony and the ecstasy, if you If you really want to know what it is, when you have fire moon transits, then it's fun. And when you have mutable moon transits, it's painful. (laughs) So if you do follow the moon, then whenever it goes into early Pisces, Virgo, or Gemini, it's probably a time to be more alone. (laughs) And when it goes into Leo, Sag, and Aries, then you'll notice that your sex life seems to be more hopping at that point. There can be a steady flow of women into your life if you're not in a commitment, which can be difficult to hold, by the way. When Venus is square Saturn in a man's chart, Mm -hmm. commitment may be almost impossible. That's nice. (laughs) It just seems that part of the reason why you were born is a regimen or a lesson in relationships. And sometimes in order to learn about these relationships, you need to take another lesson, another lesson, another lesson, another lesson. Like, each woman is like a different chapter that is like a mini-marriage. Right. And you might notice that even though they might last a week, two weeks, a month, two months, three months, that you'll feel like you've gone through the entire courtship, including the breakup and divorce at the end, and also including the pain and the misery of processing it. Right. Sounds like you need one of these too. You know, maybe. I wanted
1: those yesterday. I one for my car.
0: Isn't that funny? I love this revenge. Yeah, and what
1: about the moon trine? Would that be good, though?
0: Yeah, the moon trine is the best thing you can have for relationships, and the Venus-square Saturn is the worst. Right. So, like I say, sometimes you can appear to be the most balanced guy in the world, and everyone loves you and wants to be with you and marry you, and then other times they'll run. Right. So, you know, the best thing you do is if you meet somebody and they're open-minded, try to explain this to them. Try to explain this complicated part to your nature, okay? Right. I feel for you, guy. I've got one square on my Venus, just Neptune, uh-huh. but I wish I had a, a, a moon trine, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's I like to find one, yeah. Alright, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Andrew, are you ready now? I'm his wife. He's not home yet from work. What can we do for you, hon? He just wanted to know a general scan. Is he listening? Uh-uh. Well, he might be on his way home from work. Oh, you just want to be nosy and find out about your husband? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's look at his relationships then. you want a general scan? I think right now, First of all, with Venus in Cancer and Mars in Scorpio, he's a very sensitive, emotional guy. Mm-hmm. Do you consider him romantic? Uh, a little bit. yes. Yeah. Has, has he been fulfilled in that area? Does he get frustrated? hmm Why is that? Well, I don't know. Well, don't you take care of him? Yeah. Do you ever say no to him? Uh, sometimes, not all the time. Well, he, he has a Moon in Scorpio too. Wow. I think that he does need a regular expression of love in his life, a physical expression. And if he's married, and you want to make him happier. Don't you notice that he's happier when he has more love and romance? Mm-hmm, yeah. So that might tell you something about him then, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably laughing if he's listening to this in the car. He's going, <laughs> thanks, Far. <laughs> but anyway, he is shown real good financial aspects, but a major need for a vacation if he hasn't taken one yet. He's also going through lots of anxiety right now trying to balance things.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Far. Bye, hon. Bye. Thanks for your support. You really do keep us on the air. You better believe it. Nancy, the Capricorn with Libra rising. What can we do for you, hon?
1: Hi, Farley. I uh, hope you can understand me through my cold. Okay. Um, I'm almost afraid to make a move with Neptune square my ascendant and and uh, Saturn square my. I
0: don't blame you. I don't blame you at all.
1: And I mean, I have so much I have to do. I did so well earlier this year. I made so much money and now it's gone and I've got to make career decisions and things. And what should I do here? I, well,
0: the residence move is the only thing that I would put a hold on, but career and relationship should be no problem. So, you know, I would a lot of times I say damn the torpedoes with those Neptune transits because the only way to grow is to make choices. Neptune just makes us confused and, and forces us to put things off. So just forget about that. Make those choices and be confident about it. I gotta go, okay? okay? Love you bye. All right, everybody, that was my Lunar Return Scorpio Moon edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. We'll see you real soon, weekdays on K Fox. FM at 12 noon. Bye, everybody.